Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live from Home. I want to welcome our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members, all of our podcast listeners from around the world, and everyone who has found us on Facebook Live. We're so glad that you could join us, and I bring you greetings from my wife, Sandy, as well. Sandy had some facial biopsies recently, and so when she's healed up, she'll be back on camera again. And the good news is everything was clear, no problems there. Well, this is Yom Shabbat on Saturday, July 18th, 2020. And this morning, Eric Painter will welcome us into his home and lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. After that, we'll pray for God's blessings on our children and our families as well. And then we'll study the scriptures together. Right now, I want to ask you to hit the share button on this post. And this way you can let your Facebook friends know that we're starting up and it's a good time to join us. And if you haven't already, hit the like and the follow buttons too. It's great for you to join us by using the comments section. And what we really love is when we're studying that you put in the scripture references that we're using and that you join in with pull quotes and really stay on target. During the time of worship, you can be greeting each other then during the time of blessing, we'll stay focused on that. After the blessing, we'll have a minute for greeting one another again, a little fellowship together, and then following that, we'll study together. So use the time wisely and stay on track with us, discern the body, discern the direction we're going in at each time. And that way the comments will be really powerful in a way that you can participate in a way that you can interact as well. There'll be a time for praying for some people and you can participate in that too. So as we get ready to worship, let's thank the Lord for the Shabbat and let's thank God that he has allowed us to enter into his rest and to be refreshed. So from Sandy and me, I want to say Shabbat Shalom. Now let's join the Painter family to Live From Home. Good morning and Shabbat Shalom. My name is Eric Painter, and it's my pleasure to welcome you into my home this morning to pray and worship together. Let's open our hearts and our minds to the Lord as we begin our worship with the Shema and the Vehafta. Lord is one. 
Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord.
Oh, mm-hmm. 
salvation. You are my strength. You are my song. You have become my salvation. You are my strength. You are my song. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. That was such a strong, powerful time of worship. If we were at the synagogue together, we'd be uh, standing up and we would be cheering the Lord together. We would be shouting to the Lord with songs of triumph. Eric would keep playing and we would just be lifting our hands up in praise and honor to him, to the Lord our God and really focused on entering into the joy of the Lord. I hope you had an experience of that. I hope you had a taste of that and that your soul and your spirit were just strengthened and fortified and, and rising up in praise to the Lord. It's so wonderful that we can be together like this. And I wanna remind you that after each live from home, because we do record these, you will be able to see it again on Facebook. We also post them again on YouTube, on our channel, the Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue channel on YouTube. And so you can, you can watch the worship again and again and again, and you can enter in. You can use it as a way of joining together in praise to the Lord. I wanna encourage you to be active and to participate in the fullest sense that you can. Even as we're preparing, to um, have some in-person 
in sanctuary meetings again, we know this, that not everyone who would like to attend will be able to attend because of protocols um, that they need to keep in order to protect themselves or their family, their loved ones, or for other reasons as well. And I want to let you know that we will continue to have Live From Home on Fridays and on Saturdays. It will continue to be a strong way that everyone can participate. So whether you're going to participate in person on the rotating basis or you'll be participating with us live through Facebook Live From Home or you're listening by podcast or you're watching one of the uh, videos that's posted after the live event, you can participate in a strong and a powerful way. You can really enter in and I encourage you to do so. You may not know this, but when you're watching the videos on Facebook, you can participate in the comment section too. And your comments will be added to the other ones at the right time as you're watching. So right now we want to turn to our families and we want to have a time of blessing for this Saturday morning. I want you to participate in an active way in this time of blessing. Those of you who have been part of Beth Israel know that for many years, we have gathered the children under a large and beautiful talit. And then we gather the adults under the talit. We pray a blessing over them. And I want to encourage you to participate at home. If you have a talit nearby, take it and gather your family with you. Also, you can watch by video later and gather your family at this time if you weren't able to do it live. And you know what would be great? Send me a picture of everyone at your home under your talit and we'll post that uh, on, on Facebook and let other people see and join in, in the joy. It's a beautiful way really to bring your family together and to bless them and to receive things from the Lord that are, that are powerful and useful. And I want to share with you the blessing that's on my heart for today. It's a, a, it's a blessing about your speech that you and your family members would have powerful and useful speech that's mixed with love and grace. I want to read to you a selection of scriptures as you're gathering together. This is from Proverbs 15, the 15th chapter of Proverbs, and Sandy shared these scriptures with me. She was reading through the whole chapter and meditating on the scriptures and looking at the very positive statements. Many of the statements are, are two-part statements. They contrast those who are either ignoring the Lord or against the Lord with those who are tender in following the Lord. And so we've just pulled out the positive statements. I'm going to read some of these to you because I want them to get into your spirit and into your heart. Sometimes when you want to grow in, an, in a certain way, it's good to read the scriptures that speak to that very specific quality that you want to have. So Proverbs 15 Verse one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Oh, don't we want this in our families? We want those gentle answers. You know, there's a lot of anger in the world today, but we want to be able to have gentle answers and to be able to speak in a way that does not stir up other people's anger in the wrong way. Verse eight, the prayer of the upright is his delight, is the Lord's delight. When you pray from a position 
of love and truth and compassion, it brings delight to the Lord. Verse 9, he loves those who pursue righteousness. This is very, very important. It's not only important to have the righteousness of Yeshua um, having been given to you, it's necessary to go after righteousness. Verse 14, a discerning heart or a heart with discernment seeks knowledge. When you have discernment in your heart, then you want to go after knowledge. You want to know what's true and what's not. Verse 15, the one with a merry and cheerful heart has a continual feast. That's an interesting statement. It, it's like you're having a big party. When your heart is cheerful, when you're merry inside, M-E-R-R-Y, that is like being at a party that's nonstop, a great kind of party. Verse 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord. Better is a little. Even if you are having uh, constraint or limitations in your life, as we all are, even if we're going through some kinds of limits, when we have a little with the Lord, it is better. It's better to have a little if it's with the Lord than have a lot and be separated from the Lord. Verse 18, I love this one. He who is slow to anger calms dispute. That's a virtue to be able to calm dispute. And what is necessary? To be slow to anger. Verse 23, a man takes joy in a fitting reply or a fitting answer. And how good is a timely word or one translation, a word spoken in due season. I want to pray God's blessings on you and your family that you will have a fitting answer in your family for one another and that you'll have a timely word for each other. It's such a wonderful quality to have. So let's let's pray these, let's receive these as blessings. Lord, we thank you for blessing us with your word and you sent your word to us so that it can be active and alive in us. Now let our words reflect your word. Let us be slow to anger, let us be gentle, let us have timely words, let us have discerning hearts that seek after knowledge. Let us learn, Lord, how to speak to others like you speak to us with that kind of useful yet powerful approach. In the name of Yeshua, we pray, amen. And so if you're with one of your family members, tell them, be strong, chazak. Be strong in the Lord, chazak. Because this is a time when we need to measure our strength by our ability to help other people who are going through troubled times. Well, this morning, Rabbi Yuri and a team of uh, ministry leaders and people who who will be serving together are at synagogue doing some practice sessions, working out some of the details for our future in sanctuary gatherings that we'll be having um, that we've let you know about. And he won't be with us on uh, Facebook Live today, but we send our greetings to Rabbi Yuri and to all the team that's working together. And we thank you for your dedication and for the work that you're doing, putting everything together. This morning, I, I want to share with you about false prophets and how to have strength in difficult times. And these are connected because difficult times and false prophets often go together. Numbers chapter 31 verse 8 is where I want to start. This is the 
um, part of the Torah passage that we are reading today. The, the portion for this week is a double portion. And let me read to you from Numbers 31, verse 8. It says, they also killed Bilam, the son of Baor, with the sword. Now, it's unusual, I know, to start out a Torah teaching with a verse about someone being killed. But I want to focus on this because Balaam was a false prophet. And this is a detail that is left out of the earlier narratives about Balaam that we have been reading. But we find something out that Balaam actually pays the price for his relentless work to destroy Israel. He paid the price for his dastardly deeds. And I want to remind you that as we were reading about Balaam, we saw that he used sorcery, he used occult practices, he summoned the dead, and he did more. We can see all of that in the Hebrew. It's contained in the Hebrew word harem. His prophetic method was connected to the dark and the forbidden arts. So he was not a true prophet of God, even though there were times he spoke things that God gave him to be a blessing to Israel. He wasn't a true prophet because true prophets will never use evil means. True prophets will never use occult practices. True prophets won't cross the line into the forbidden practices, those things that scripture tells us we must never do because God hates them. So we also see that Balaam used the strategy of seduction, drawing men of Israel into relationship with cult prostitutes who were serving um, Baal Peor, the false god. And he used these women to draw the men together in a form of worship that had um, cult prostitution at the center of it. Moses describes these women, they were Midianite women um, who worked under Balaam's direction. It's in Numbers chapter 31, the same chapter, verse 16. And I hope that you are posting the scripture references. We were looking at Numbers 31, verse eight. Yes, I see that that was posted. And I want you to now post Numbers 31, verse 16, because these are important details. And for those of you who are watching online, live right now, it's useful to have a record. I encourage you to always be taking notes. The, the writing down of scriptures that we use is a way that you can take notes and you can refer back to the scriptures themselves. We do the same thing in the comment section of our Facebook posting because it's useful. It's also a way that you can be active, a way that you can participate. And it, it's useful to have more than one person entering these comments in, even the same comment. It's a way of saying, yes, Numbers 31, verse 16. This is an important verse. And here, Moses describes these women of Midian. These are the ones who because of Bilam's advice, that's interesting, that's an important detail. Bilam had a strategy, he came up with a plan. His prophetic cursing didn't work, but he came up with another plan. Because of Bilam's advice caused the people of Israel to rebel, breaking faith without an eye in the Baal Peor incident, so that the plague broke out among 
the congregation or the community of the Lord. What a terrible moment, and it's important for us to remember such moments in history. The Bible gives us the unvarnished truth about our people and our history so that we don't have an idealized form of nationalism, but rather we understand that our people have ups and downs and that each one of us can have ups and downs too. What's important is for all of us to continue to be faithful to the Lord. It's important for us to be strong and not to be vulnerable and to give in to our vulnerabilities. You may have a weakness. You have to learn how to be strong even when you have a weakness. What do you do when you've got a weakness? You come to the Lord. Instead of cultivating that weakness and that vulnerability, you come to the Lord and cultivate the strength that protects you from that vulnerability. I want to turn now to Matthew chapter 24. It's our Britachadashah um, reading, part of the scriptures that we were reading for this week. And these are words of Yeshua. Matthew 24, verses 10 through 14. I want to ask several of you to post those in the comments right now. Matthew 24, verse 10 through 14. Very interesting passage and something that I think can be useful for us today. We are um, reading in this passage about Yeshua's answer to his followers. They wanted to know about end times and when the end would come. And Yeshua gave some answers that I think were not only useful for them, but they're useful for us because they help us focus on what we ourselves need to be careful about, what we need to take care about. And in this way, we can see our vulnerability. What are humans who trust the Lord vulnerable to? What are men and women and children? What could we be vulnerable to? So let's read Matthew 24, verse 10 through 14. If any one of you has um, the ability to copy and paste, not just this citation, but all the scriptures I'm using David Stern's Complete Jewish Bible or the Jewish New Testament version. If any of you who are watching right now can copy Matthew 24 verses 10 through 14 in David Stern's version and paste it into the comments, that would be terrific. Then everybody could see it and follow along with us. Matthew 24, starting in verse 10, Yeshua is being asked about the end times. And this is what he says. At that time, at that time, many will be trapped into betraying and hating each other. Verse 11, many false prophets will appear and fool many people or mislead many people. So we see betrayal, we see hatred, we see false prophets, we, we see people being misled. Verse 12, and many people's love will grow cold because of increased distance from Torah. That's how David Stern renders it in his translation. But you could also look at the Greek and it says because of lawlessness. But what it really means, lawlessness, is not having Torah, not having that solid foundation of Torah, the instructions of God, the Hebrew scriptures, upon which the Britachadashah and all the other scriptures from the prophets and the writings are, are, are built. Many people's love will grow cold. 
because they grow increasingly distant from the instructions of God found in Torah. So that's another quality that people are vulnerable about, love growing cold. Verse 13, but it's really useful when the scripture has a contrasting word like but or instead or on the contrary, because it helps us see what happened or what's mentioned before and then compare it to what's mentioned after the but, because now we're into a positive thing. But whoever holds on, whoever holds out till the end will be delivered. I think Stern, David Stern captures one side of this meaning, which is the perseverance and the endurance, not giving up, not giving in too soon. In, in fact, you might want to be um, to go back and watch the video from last night's live from home session, Rabbi Yuri addressed in, I think, a very useful way, how um, people can give up too soon. They can focus on something else and how important it is to not give up, to hold on for God's purposes. So this says, whoever holds out till the end will be delivered. Or another way of saying it, and I think this is an important way, whoever holds on to the purposes of God through the end of their life will experience the full measure of God's salvation. Verse 14, and this good news, would you write that in the comment section? This good news about the kingdom, this good news about the kingdom. If you're in a room with other people, say that together, this good news about the kingdom. Oh, we need this good news about the kingdom. This good news about the kingdom will be announced throughout the whole world as a witness to all the Goyim, to all the Gentiles. It is then that the end will come. So this is a very important contrast. You have all the trouble. You have the betrayal. You have the hatred. You have the false prophets. And then you have, in contrast, people who endure, who hold on to the purpose, people who, who want to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, people who are ready to bring good news to other people, even in the midst of trouble everywhere. I want to encourage you to let that sink into your heart and into your mind, to be one of those one of those people that Yeshua is looking for, who holds on to the good news in the midst of trouble. There's a question that we should ask also, what is a false prophet? Because Yeshua says many false prophets will come. What is a false prophet? And if we use Balaam as an example, we can see that a false prophet has several different characteristics. And one of them is that he is a mixture of good and evil. He combines some that's good and some that's evil. Another thing is that his heart and his way of thinking, his way of living, they're not committed to the Lord. Even though he may have some kind of relationship with the Lord, it is not a true disciples relationship. Be careful about idealizing and following people who aren't fully committed to the Lord. Don't use them as your best examples. And here's another way that Balaam showed us what a false prophet is like. 
A false prophet uses the spiritual power he has to accomplish his own goals and his own priorities. And he doesn't allow God's goals, God's desires, God's priorities to become his own. So you want to beware of false prophets because false prophets will mislead people. And how will they be misled? Well, they'll latch on to the good part, but then they'll also follow after the bad part. I want to say something pretty strong right now, if I can. It's that the true prophets of God loved Israel with all of Israel's flaws and spoke redemptively and restoratively about Israel. The true prophets of God loved the nations of the world and spoke their truth, the unvarnished truth, with compassion. And you can pull out a verse that all by itself doesn't reflect this. Of course you can. But if you read the full body of prophetic literature in the scriptures and the full work that each one does, that each book contains, you'll see this combination of love and compassion with truth. Because the mercy of God has a victory over pure justice without mercy. The mercy of God gives meaning and completion to the justice of God. So those people who have no mercy don't really have authentic justice either. One of the characteristics of Bilam, and this is the strong thing I want to say, is that even though he had some kind of relationship with the Lord, he did not allow his heart to embrace what was in God's heart. He was closed to what was important to the Lord. He actually saw that God wanted to bless Israel, but he tried to figure out, and he did succeed at this, about how to bring harm to Israel. And I wanna say it this way, any person, any movement, any, any organization that wants to curse Israel, that wants to destroy or delegitimize or bring an end to Israel is really like Bilam. It's a false movement in this regard. Now, they may have some good things, but don't idealize them and don't forget that the bad is there too. And that's why you can't view them as being prophetic when they have that mixture. The prophetic does not mix in the evil part. And there are movements on the face of the earth right now all over the globe that want to delegitimize the state of Israel, the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. They're anti-Semitic, they're anti-Israel, they're anti-Zionist, and they are trying to hijack the current, um, the, the current openness towards racial justice and racial equality. They're trying to hijack it for other purposes. And I want you to recognize something. This is so powerful and so important, and it should not be controversial to our hearts and to our thinking. But those who want to do that, who want to destroy the state of Israel in this way, who want to delegitimize Jewish people, who want to consider Jewish people um, to be evil and worthless, these people are false. They're not from God. They're not prophetic. They are against the Lord. Now, they may have some good qualities. They may, they may be able to say some things that you would agree with, but that doesn't mean 
that you want to follow them. And this is the danger that people have in this era, that if you agree with someone in one part, you may take the whole thing that they're offering. That could be very dangerous for you. It could be very dangerous for your relationship with the Lord. Don't be fooled by this. Now, this type of false prophetic uh, tendency exists across the political spectrum. And you have it on the left and you have it on the right. It's not just an American thing. It's happening all over the world. Be careful in the days and the weeks to come. We'll explore more of it. I want it to be clear to you. It's easier to identify someone who who is uh, who seems to be totally bad in your eyes and to call them a false prophet. But we need to be more discerning because our hearts will grow cold when we consider someone prophetic because they have some good, even though they have some horrendous things that are against God. I want to take a moment and read a statement that, that I crafted uh, back in 2014 to reflect my position. And I use this as a way of sharpening dialogue with people, including my Jewish family, Jewish friends, who were being tempted to distance themselves from Israel because they saw the flaws of the state of Israel and the government of Israel. They saw some things going on that they didn't agree, agree with, which is understandable. No government is perfect. But there were also tendencies in the culture around um, many people, especially on college campuses these days, which should be a liberal institution in terms of classical liberalism, open to uh, important ideas. There is a suppression of free speech in many college campuses. There's a suppression of honest dialogue. And people are terrified of saying things that are true these days that they deeply hold. But I wanna encourage you, speak the truth about the Jewish people and about Israel because that courage and that strength and that truth spoken in love with reason, with balance, with understanding, with depth of understanding, will also give you the foundation you need in order to speak truth about racial equality and racial justice and how to stand on behalf of those who have been suffering because of inequalities and injustices and the failures in our country and in other countries to live up to the highest ideals that we serve a God who um, treats all men and women as equal before him. We are equal men. We are equal women before the Lord. So let me read to you this statement and I encourage you to, to learn the statement, to be able to articulate it yourself, to not necessarily memorize it, but to get the important ideas into your heart and in your mind. I'm gonna read them from my notes here. I wanna read them carefully so that I'm using what I actually wrote. Here's the first statement. I unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to exist as the homeland for the Jewish people. Second, I unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to protect its citizens from those who oppose its right to exist and who seek the destruction of the state of Israel. And then the third statement, 
Israel does not have to be right all the time to have the right to exist. So those are three statements that I think are very important. And when I'm talking to people, including Jewish family, Jewish friends who, who have grown silent or lukewarm or even cold or neutral in their solidarity with the state of Israel, I challenge them to think like this. I challenge them to consider these questions because it's also useful if you're going to be talking to people who are saying things that are against the legitimacy of the state of Israel, you have to know how to speak to that argument. And there are some people who say, well, I'm not anti-Semitic, but I don't agree with the state of Israel. I think it's an apartheid state. It's not. Or that it's a state committing genocide. It's not. There can be a lot of confusion because of the way that people are forming their arguments in really crass and untrue uh, ways. And so one of the ways of, of countering that type of anti-Semitism that may not even be recognized is to ask people, can you affirm this, that I unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to exist as the homeland for the Jewish people? If someone says, yes, I can affirm that, you can move on to the next thing. I can unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to protect its citizens from those who oppose its right to exist and who seek the destruction of the state of Israel. If they can agree with that, then that leads to some conclusions that Israel has a right to have safe and secure borders, that Israel has a right to respond to those who are trying to destroy through the use of military weapons or terrorism or any other means of force. They are trying to destroy the Jewish people in the land of Israel. It also means that you can you can help someone shift towards solid ground about having solidarity with the state of Israel without demanding perfection of the state of Israel. No state government, no, no government of any political entity is perfect or capable of perfection. Once you realize that, you won't apply it to one government, but not to another. You'll say all governments are imperfect. That is their nature. I want to encourage you, be strong. Be strong in your support of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Be strong in your willingness to fight anti-Semitism. Challenge anti-Semitism wherever you see it wherever you hear it, and take a stand yourself. Be strong in this matter. It is so important. It's important when, when you see anti-Semites uh, fomenting anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment, and at the same time speaking about racial equality and justice, but they mix the two together, understand that's an error like Balaam. It is a dangerous error. Don't fall for it. They're not prophets. They're not being used by God. They have some part that's true and some part that is so untrue. But what's really most dangerous is that their hearts have not embraced 
the authority of God, the desires, the priorities, and the positions of God. And you can see it. So call it out. Take a stand. Call out anti-Semitism when you see it in the, in the movements that are advocating for racial justice and for equality and really want our country to take immediate steps to do better in these areas. They don't want tokenism. They don't want just um, superficial correction. They want to see things done deeply and significantly, which is possible at this time. But don't allow such people to, to foment anti-Semitism because I, I warn you, if they do and they gain power, it will go poorly for all of us as well as poorly for them. And the future of Belong is a warning to us. Pay attention to the whole story. Don't just look at the moment. Pay attention to all that um, is involved with being a false prophet and with um, the things that are false. So beware, false prophets fool people. They fool people because they're persuaded by the good part and then they follow after the bad part too. Or they're silent about the bad part and then that bad part, which is in their hearts and in their minds, the main part rises up. Isn't that what happened with Balaam? He had some good things to say about Israel. He blessed Israel, but he was not a true prophet. He was a false prophet. And what actually rose up was that he wanted the destruction and the cursing of Israel. He was committed to it. That's what his goal was. And he pursued it until he accomplished it. And that's why he was a false prophet. Let's pay attention for ourselves. Let's pay attention that we could be fooled if our love grows cold. Love can grow cold and we need to know that. Love needs to be nurtured. And when we separate ourselves from the teachings of Torah, then our love will grow cold. It's so important for our generation because we need a society that is under the rule of law. We need to apply laws that have been inadequately applied that would produce justice and equality and liberty and justice for all. We need to apply those laws. We need to... Um, rework some of the regulations, but the law itself is better. Our law is better. Our law is better when it is under the rule of God's law. And that is tricky business. That's tricky business because we live in a civil society and a democratic republic and a modern pluralistic society. And so how do we do it? It's not by establishing a clerocracy where the clergy are in charge like in Iran. It's not by establishing a theocracy where a religious movement is in charge, but rather it's by having individuals and interest groups and communities of faith that are faithful to God, faithful with each other, and faithful to the greater good of the whole society that they're living in. And they want to always blend together their truth with their love rather than compromising their truth. And so it requires individuals. It requires people like a Joseph who was able to do this, to stand firm with the Lord in the midst of a um, very troubled society. 
but to seek the good of that society. It's part of the prophetic mandate whenever the people of God are in exile or in lands, um, in, in lands all over the globe that we seek the good of the society that we're in. And we seek the good of the society according to God's terms, not according necessarily to the society's terms. Now, I got a request before I go on that I repeat those three statements and I will repeat the, the three statements of solidarity with Israel. So let me do that and, and then we'll continue. First statement, I unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to exist as the homeland for the Jewish people. Second, I unconditionally support the right of the state of Israel to protect its citizens from those who oppose its right to exist and who seek the destruction of the state of Israel. And then the third statement, Israel does not have to be right all the time to have the right to exist. These are important ideas and they are the bedrock upon which you can build other statements about the right for defensible borders, safe and secure borders, and the right to respond to attacks from those who want to destroy the people of Israel and the land of Israel. So these are important, they're worth repeating, they're worth getting into your kishkas, into your guts, into your heart, into your mind. And it's so important to keep these in front of yourself, remind yourself of these because they do reflect the love of God for the Jewish people. Verse 13, I'm going back to the scriptures now, it may be like, oh, um, a little sudden for you, but we've got to keep going on this. And I want to, I want to go back to verse 13 in Matthew 24, verse 13. It says, whoever holds on to the end. And let's, let's retranslate it this way. Whoever holds on to the ultimate goals and the aims and the purposes. That's, that's the Greek word telos. Um, yeah, some of you are are writing amen, I know, in your comments about everything I was sharing. That's good. If, if there are any of you who are capable of taking notes from what I said and transcribing them and putting them into the comment section so that it's there, I will do the same thing myself. I'll put it in after the fact um, for your reference. I posted it on my personal Facebook page today um, for your reference, so you can go there at any time to um, my personal Facebook, not to the synagogue Facebook page. But in verse 13, it says, whoever holds on to the telos, to the ultimate goals, to the aims and the purposes, this one will be saved. Keep your heart focused on what God is focusing on. And then verse 14, this scripture is so useful and so important. This good news of the kingdom of God will be announced and proclaimed and demonstrated in word and deed. That's the Rabbi David Levine amplified translation that I think is thoroughly accurate. This good news of the kingdom of God will be announced and proclaimed and demonstrated in word and deed. 
throughout the entire world so that all the nations, all the ethnic groups, all the different people groups, all nationalities, all ethnicities, all cultures, all languages, all peoples, all kindreds will see and hear about the excellent good news of Yeshua. Keep this in mind, all around us is trouble. That's what Yeshua was talking about. All around is bad news, but within us is good news. What do we do as salt and light? We allow what's in us to flow out of us to the world around us. That requires that we live it, that we talk about it, that we're visible, and that we make the best of a bad situation. And it's at times like this that we really need to hone our message about the victory of God that we are experiencing and the love of God that we are experiencing. It's so important to hold on to your faith, to hold on to your hope, to hold on to your integrity at times like this. Even with bad news stirring up everywhere, don't get lost in the bad news. Focus on the Lord. I'm not talking about being Pollyannish. I'm not talking about trying to deny reality. I'm talking about how we react, how we respond, but even more how we proactively live our lives to the glory of God. Don't settle for less than that in your life. Don't settle for almost when God wants you to hold on to what he's holding on to so that we can get what God wants to give for us. He wants to change this world for the good and he wants to use us for that. That requires the love of God. That requires the love of scriptures. That re requires the love of our congregation, of our community. It requires the love of our fellow men and our fellow women. It even requires the love of those who are enemies to us ideologically in other ways. We have to mix our strength with our love. Only in this way is our position authentic. So these are some strong words I want to encourage you. I want to continue over the weeks and the months to come to fortify you in different ways so that you can stand strong even in a situation that is sometimes terrible, sometimes difficult, sometimes challenging. But those who persevere and hold on to the goals, these will experience all the salvation of God. Don't forget, you can go back and worship some more with um, our videos from earlier today, and you can use them later tonight, later this afternoon, tomorrow, throughout the week and in the weeks to come. You can access those both on Facebook and on YouTube when they're posted as a way of strengthening yourself and fortifying yourself. I do want to encourage you about prayer. I want to ask you to pray some and to um, join us in prayer in a number of different ways. Right now, we want to do something we've never done before on Live From Home, and that is say the mourners Kaddish together. One of our dear Mishpacha, Steve Maori, lost his sister. His sister died a few months ago because of difficulties in the family that go back decades and decades. The family, the children were separated from each other. And, and Steve just found out this week that his sister had been long separated from him and he had not seen uh, for 
close to 50 years that she passed away. He heard this sad news from his brother who was really um, in a funk and at a loss, but I'm thanking the Lord that God is connecting Steve with his brother and using this as a time of comfort. We want to say the Mourner's Cottage together with Steve as he is remembering his sister Valerie who passed away. And those of you who are also remembering other loved ones who passed away, Florence is remembering her beloved Willie who passed away. Others of you um, are also remembering. You can use this time as we're saying Mourner's Cottage. You can use this time as a time of comfort, but also a time of solidarity with each other. And so I want to, um, to lead us in this and you can participate um, at your own home as, as you recall these words. So I'm reading from my screen. Yitgadal Brichu Leila mean cold berchata, Bashirata, Tushbachata, Venechamata, Damiran Belama, Vimaru, Amen. Yeheshla Maraba, Minchamaya, Vachaim Alenu, Veal Kol, Yisrael, Vimaru, Amen. Ose Shalom Bim Ramav, Hu Yaase Shalom Alenu, Veal Kol, Yisrael, Vimaru, Amen. And in English, magnified and sanctified be God's great name in the world which he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom during our lifetime and during our days and during the lifetime of all the house of Israel speedily. Yes, soon. Let us say together. Amen. May his great name be blessed forever and ever. Blessed, praised, glorified honored and extolled, adored and acclaimed, be the name of the Holy One, blessed is he, above all blessings and songs of adoration which can be uttered, let us say together, amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and life for us and for all Israel, and let us say together, amen. May he who makes peace in the heavens grant peace to us and to all Israel and let us say, Amen. Lord, we thank you for the comfort that you bring us. Pour out your comfort on Steve Mowry. We love Steve. He's important to us. He's a dear member of our Mishpacha, Beth Israel. He's a servant of God. He's your beloved son. And I pray you would pour comfort out on him and fill his, his heart with comfort. I pray for healing for Steve. I pray for healing for his family, for healing with his brother. And I pray, Lord, that the passing of his sister Valerie would be accompanied by the ministry of your grace during the season. Lord, we pray for Steve that you would do great and mighty things 
on his behalf and you would use him for the same. We pray also, Lord, for Florence Woods as she's in mourning. We pray for Mel Yari as he continues to mourn for the passing of his wife, Arlene. We pray for others in our congregation who are in mourning and we ask, Lord, comfort them. Use us to bring comfort to them and comfort them in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Friends and family, you can add your words of comfort to the comment section right now. I think it's so useful if you do that. It's a way that you can participate and enter in and asking the Lord by writing a simple prayer, Lord, pour out your comfort on Steve, pour out your comfort on Florence, pour out your comfort on Mel. Such prayers as that right now can really add to what we're doing right here. We also want to pray for James White. James had an MRI and the doctor was able to identify that a severely herniated disc is the source of his pain and what to do is the question. They're going to try with an injection that hopefully will bring down the pain and the inflammation, but if surgery is required, then it could be quite serious surgery. So let's pray for James. Lord, we pray for James White and we pray for we pray for wisdom for his doctors that they would have success as well. We ask for healing. We ask for improvement for him. Bring him out of the pain. Bring him out of the discomfort and bring him out of the underlying condition that is causing this. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. We also want to pray for Sandra Jakes and for her husband, Gary. They were exposed to a family member who had COVID-19, and then they developed um, some uh, qu quite unpleasant symptoms. They did not, the symptoms did not get so bad that they had to go to the hospital, but they were still quite unpleasant. So Lord, we lift up Sandra and Gary Jakes to you, and we pray that you would pour out complete healing upon them, that they would recover with strength, in Yeshua's name we pray. We also want to pray for William Street's sister. She'll be undergoing stomach surgery. Lord, we, we thank you for William. We thank you for this request. And we pray for his sister, for safety, for long life for her, for protection as she has her surgery, and for a complete recovery in the name of Yeshua. There are some others that, that need prayer, and I don't know that I have the details, but we lift up Roy to you, and we pray, Lord, for protection for him as he has surgery, as I understand it, in uh, the coming days. In Yeshua's name we pray. Hey, a good word for, about our grandson, Keegan. He did have a second test for COVID-19. The first one was inconclusive. The second one was conclusive. He does not have COVID-19, so he came back negative. And so we're thankful for all of you who prayed for him. And we're praying also for our grandson, Jacob, who will start as a teacher in the Charlotte, North Carolina uh, suburbs of, um, in the northern suburbs. He's going to be teaching high school math, um, general math, I believe. And we're praying for his safety and protection as he will be spending the first two weeks in the classroom with students. And then after that, they will be online. So it's a way of connecting in the first two weeks uh, with the different people who are attending his classes. So Lord, thank you for Keegan and thank you for Jacob. 
Thank you, Lord, for protecting them. And we pray for wisdom and caution for them in Yeshua's name. We also thank you, Lord, for Ian Schneier's um, recovery, for Jacob Schneier's recovery too, for the whole Schneier family as they are being, uh, as they had, many of them had been exposed to COVID-19. In Yeshua's name, we pray. Hey, I want to read to you uh, an email that I got from Ethel Holtzman last Saturday after the service. She said there was much that touched me. And I want to share a personal word that came to me when you, Rabbi David, spoke of Jeremiah thinking he was too young for his calling Abba, that Abba was presenting to him. When you broaden the concept to include people who think they're too old for a calling, I did that because Sandy shared, me, shared with me some insights about that. Um, Ethel wrote, it spoke loudly to me. I realized how truly blessed I have been by his calling in my life. And then a word from the Lord came to me. The young who accept a calling become mature, while the elders who accept a calling from God are restored to their youth. So that's a great word, isn't it? An encouraging word, one that can really bless all of us, young and old. When we respond to the calling of God, when we accept what God is doing in our lives and what he wants to use us for, then it brings wisdom to the young ones who haven't had experience, and it brings youth and vigor to the ones who are older, who need a restoration of, of, of their youth as well. So wonderful, Ethel, that you shared that with me. And I'm so grateful for all of you who take the time to share. I want to uh, ask those of you who are planning to RSVP about attending Beth Israel when we have in-sanctuary services coming up and you need to send the RSVP and waiver form and sign it. Some of you are staring at that form and you've meant to sign it and, and you can do something really simple. Sign it, take a picture of it with your phone and then send a picture, that picture of the signed uh, RSVP to Rabbi Yuri and to me. You can do that by text or by email. Also, I want to say that we have heard from a number of people who would like to be able to attend in person, but because of health issues they're facing or those of their families or for other reasons um, where they can't attend and they're just sharing that with us. It's good for us to hear back from everybody, even if you have uh, an RSVP that says I can't come. That's great. You don't need to sign the waiver form if you're not attending. but. Those of you who do communicate back to us, it does really help us understand. And I appreciate those who have sent texts about this, those who have sent emails and those who have called and let us know both that they can come or that they can't come. But I wanna encourage you to respond so that we have heard from everybody. I want to give special thanks to all of you who have been faithful to support the congregation during this season, your, your faithful giving of your tithes as members and your faithful support of offerings, even your sacrificial offerings mean so much to us. They are such a blessing to us and they have such, uh, such a way of enabling all of us to stand together shoulder to shoulder to accomplish so much more than we ever could all by ourselves. This next season will have increased costs as we have to pay for disinfecting services when we have in-person sanctuary meetings 
in sanctuary meetings and those costs will accumulate and they will quickly become many thousands of thousands of dollars. Also, our internet costs have gone way up for the synagogue so that we can provide these services that require much uh, higher internet speeds and bandwidth than we ever had before. The technology that we need, as well as the security that we will need to resume within sanctuary services. All of these add together to tens of thousands of dollars for this coming 12 month period, this next 12 month period, that's above and beyond our normal operating budget. So when you want to make a contribution to that, you can designate it to the safety fund because it's being used for all of these purposes or for the podcast fund as well, because all the costs associated with the internet are being connected to our podcast ministry and expenses. Special thanks to those of you who are podcast listeners and those of you who are new uh, watching us on Facebook Live, who are also supporting Beth Israel and the ministry that we're doing. We so appreciate your sacrifice, your generosity, your ties and offerings really do make a difference for all of us together. If, if this ministry is a blessing to you, if it's been useful to you, would you consider being a supporter and <clears throat> contributing to the ministry that we're doing all together? Here's an easy way to do it. Go to our website, bethisraelnow.com slash giving and look at how you can participate. You can use our online giving platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal. They are both very secure and very easy to use. Giving Fire in particular is very easy to customize to any schedule and amount or any source that you want to contribute from. They are very easy to work with. They've been totally secure. We've never had a single breach at all. So I want to encourage you to consider becoming a supporter of Live From Home and Beth Israel now, a supporter of Messianic Jewish teachings as well, because this work that we're doing together is reaching people all over the globe. And we are reaching our mishpocha in many new ways. And we are also reaching more than 100 countries all over the globe. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for your generosity and thank you for your cheerfulness. It really does encourage us and it really does enable us. Without these extra resources, we can't do all that we are doing. So thank you for the help that you are giving in the way that you are causing us and enabling us to expand our 10 stakes and to do more now during these difficult times. Well, I wanna close today with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. I wanna encourage you also to check out Cantor Aaron, Cantor Aaron Jacobs Torah teaser that's posted on our Beth Israel Facebook page. You can watch that after the conclusion of Live From Home. And we're so grateful for Cantor Aaron's ministry and for the Torah teasers he's able to, to post and share with you um, each week. Aaron's blessing comes two ways to us through Cantor Aaron's Torah teasers right now, and also through the high priest Aaron, the brother of Moses, through his blessing, the ironic benediction. Would you join with me and turn our attention to the Lord?
Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you as he's protecting you and guarding you, keeping watch over you and being Shomer Yisrael. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So we can all say together, Amen, as we receive that blessing, as the Lord puts his name upon us and on all the children of Israel. And I want to now encourage you to stay, stay tuned as we welcome Eric Painter back for a final worship song on Live From Home. Shabbat Shalom from my wife Sandy and me and from the whole Beth Israel team and the Live From Home team, including Eddie Sandoval, our technical director today. Thank you so much. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Behold, the Lord comes to dwell in your midst. Nations will be joined to the Lord in that day. While he dwells in the midst of Israel, then you will know I have been sent forth by the Lord of hosts. I do not say behold, says the Lord who will dwell in the midst of Israel. And he will take possession of Judah, his inheritance in the Holy Land. And he will choose Jerusalem when he is aroused from his holy place. Then you will know I have been sent forth by the Lord of hosts. I do not say behold, says the Lord who will dwell in the midst of Israel. Shalom.